This is the Raising Athletes Podcast, Season 3, Episode 34, with LRT Sports founder and CEO, Kirsten Sires. Hi. This is, I'm, <laughs> Once you know it's for real, I know. you're like, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast. Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. On today's podcast, we have founder and CEO Kirsten Sires of LR LRT Sports. LRT Sports, or Locker Room Talk Sports, is the leading company in college coach ratings. Their full database of coach ratings and reviews provide firsthand experiences from current and former student-athletes. Founded in 2014, LRT Sports stays ahead of the game by helping their athletes and their families with understanding college athletics. Through their offerings with virtual workshops, coach ratings, JV and varsity memberships, recruiting, and wellness information from head coaches, Olympians, pro athletes, and current and former athletes. Our discussion today was very enlightening as we know we're coming through the pandemic, hopefully getting to the other side of it, and talking about how can we help our student athletes find the right fit. Fit is such a huge part of having success at the next level. This was a great conversation with Kirsten. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Raising Athletes podcast. Today, we've got another wonderful episode for you in a, in a topic that we really haven't covered, um, and that's understanding recruiting from the, from the front end from somebody who's gone through it and has now started a company all about helping uh, finding the right match between the athlete and the school. I'm so excited to have Kirsten on today. But before we jump into that, let's just give you a little introduction of who we are. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their mission with their vision and their values to get what they want in life. As a former Division I volleyball athlete and a 14-year Nike executive, I've always have the understanding that the power that makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three and someone who has just supported my oldest son landing uh, his dream uh, opportunity to play basketball in college, Susie and I created this podcast now almost three years ago uh, in helping others to raise not only strong athletes, but more important, extraordinary people. And I'm Susie Walton. I'm the founder and um, president of Indigo Village, which I used to call the one-stop shop for all parents looking for alternative ways of um, supporting their kids and raising their kids. And um, I'm a mom of four sons who are all married to incredibly athletic women and nine grandkids. And so um, 
yeah, I still consider myself an athlete. I played, I was a swimmer. I played volleyball through college, some basketball in high school, and I'm still playing beach volleyball and body surfing and bodyboarding. And now my newest sport is pickleball, and I'm really good at that too. So <laughs> I play pickleball too. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. how old you are. You know, you yeah. just keep playing, and you um, it's it's good. It's good. So my passion is kids, which is one of the reasons I've been doing parenting seminars for over 25 years because I feel like I can have a much impact, much more influential impact on kids if I support their parents and how to raise them in the best way that they know how. So I'm, um, I love doing this, these podcasts with my girl here. And, um, so let's just get it going. Yeah. Excited to have you here today. Yeah. We're so excited to have you here today, Kirsten. Can you maybe just give us a quick little snippet of your background? Because I think it's so relevant and, you know, Susie and I all share our stories as well as we get going, but, and I think it's good for parents to hear this right now around what, what's happening, particularly COVID worldwide. I think it's more important than ever to find the right fit to get into college. So welcome, Kirsten. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So as far as my background is concerned, I uh, went to Skidmore College. I played tennis in high school. I decided to stick to one sport, which looking back, I do regret. I wish I played multiple sports throughout high school, but hindsight is 2020. Um, So, uh, and then I was a recruited tennis athlete. So I played tennis at Skidmore. Um, I ended up really ultimately deciding between Skidmore and Middlebury, but I loved my recruiting trip. I had a really great time. The school aligned with everything that I wanted out of a college, um, while I was there. And that was a lot of different things that I had looked at. My parents had a hard conversation with me to say, Hey, listen, you're probably not going to be a professional tennis player. Um, why don't we really focus on what's important out of what you want from your college education. And of course, you know, if, if sports fit in with that, that's a great thing. So, um, I ended up playing my freshman year and then I actually ended up quitting because of a coaching kind of, uh, mishap issue, whatever you want to call it. And I was a walk-on for the soccer team for my last three years. So I actually played tennis and soccer in college. Um, but not at the same time. And then I had a great time with my soccer team, uh, for three years at Skidmore, which was interesting. Like I just said, I didn't play in high school. So I had a huge learning curve as far as that's concerned. Um, and then I graduated in 2014. Um, I actually started LRT sports while I was at Skidmore, uh, my senior year, and I was a business major and a economics minor. Uh, and then right after college, I actually went into finance. So I was working at Morgan Stanley right when I graduated college, lived in New York City, um, and then kind of just kept this dream alive of starting LRT Sports and did it on the side. And it got to a point where I just decided to, uh, you know, move forward with making this full time and and really kind of giving it a go. That's awesome. So that's a great tee up to tell our audience about LRT sports. So I think it's something that Susie and I would have both benefited from had, had you existed that <laughs> back when we were playing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I like, you know, same with me too. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, uh, we can help some athletes and parents going through the process now, but you know, our, our mission is understanding college athletics. And obviously within that, a big part is the recruiting process and how we do that is we share firsthand information, stories, Um, and we do a lot with just like education and information on recruiting process. We're not a recruiting service. We don't connect coaches and players, but our biggest draw is the fact that we allow college athletes, current and former to rate their college coaches. Um, so we actually provide, uh, you know, that firsthand information. They're posted on the site anonymously. We do verify that the athletes are who they say they are, that they played for that coach and everything else. So there's not random fans, uh, 
rating their coaches. And uh, it kind of just gives an inside look into recruiting process, being a college athlete. And then when it comes to the recruiting process stuff, we take a very like do it yourself approach. Um, if you look at our, you know, interviews with all the college coaches that we have, most of the time they're saying, Hey, email or call us. So we're kind of helping people set it up where they can do this recruiting process themselves and also letting them know like the realities of it, the realities of recruiting, the realities of being an athlete. And then also just, uh, you know, the ins and outs of everything that's happening, especially when it comes to sports specific, because people forget that each sport has a very, very different recruiting process. What works for football isn't going to work for volleyball, which isn't going to work for baseball. So, um, those are some of the things that we primarily focus on, but the overarching mission is, uh, understanding college athletics. Which so, is very difficult to do, by the way. <laughs> so if I'm a parent and I have um, an interested student athlete to move on into the college ranks of sports, like what does that process look like? What tools do you give the parents and how does that all rule itself out? Let's say, hey, hi, I'm Susie and I have this child who's really interested in furthering their career in volleyball or some sport. How does that look? Yeah. So, um, again, first thing we always recommend is going to the college coach ratings. Um, but outside of the college coach ratings, you know, and that's helpful. Wait, wait, if you're so trying what's so for the parents out there that don't know what that is, what is the college coach ratings? So basically we allow current and former college athletes to rate their college coaches okay. so that the next generation oh, yeah. can stay more informed on, you know, what the coaches is like on the field, um, you know, as a person and everything else. So th those are the, the things that, you know, if you're looking between four or five different schools, it could help make a better decision, more informed decision. Um, and then, you know, as far as just like the content side and everything that we provide to help people in this, like do it yourself kind of process. Um, we have things such as like recruiting timelines, interviews with college coaches. Uh, we have a series called recruiting horror stories where we're talking about things like people who commit verbally committed way too early. And then it came down to it and a coach ended up leaving or, you know, somebody who drank on a recruiting trip and lost a, a chance at a scholarship and very real things that happen, um, as athletes, as parents, as coaches to kind of let people know what this process is actually like. Um, because there's so many different variables, um, but webinars, um, the, there's a lot of like worksheets and, um, we have like a college report card and everything else that we kind of have. And then we have a lot of content specific to each individual sport. So we'll be interviewing volleyball coaches about what they're looking for in recruits. And, you know, the, the important part of this is to realize the difference between divisions, because what a D one, you know, high tier D one volleyball coach is looking for is going to be very different from a D three coach. And, um, you know, even when you get into the different rankings at each division, it's also very different. So just trying to provide as much information for people to understand as possible, because there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a, there's a ton. Everybody thinks that their kid's going to get a full ride. Everybody thinks that their kid is going D one. Um, and there's just, a lack of just general research in this industry for whatever reason, even though it's a huge financial decision, as well as just, a, it's more than four years. It's your lifetime because it's always on your resume and it's something that you're always kind of going to talk about and relate to. So big decision. So, right. so are, you, are you talking to parents or are you talking to the kids too? 
Um, both. So we don't directly like necessarily like speak to anyone. So again, we're not a recruiting service, oh, so we're okay. not, we're, or consulting. So we're not necessarily talking to them. We do talk to them, talk to them through our content though. So when we're making our content, we have parents and athletes kind of both in mind. So we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, advice from parents, uh, to parents and things like that, where we're trying to be inclusive of both. Um, Typically speaking, parents are the ones doing most of the research, but we want to try and draw in the student athletes as well, because I think it's really, really important that they're part of this process. They have to be, they have to be the ones talking to the coaches. They have to be the ones engaging with the coaches. Um, so we're trying to, you know, create content for, for both parties. Great. Thank you. What, what feedback do you get from coaches? Cause I can imagine that if you're, they're getting a great rating, they may like you, but if they're not like, how do you manage that? And you know, how has that grown over the time you've been in existence? Yeah. So, uh, when we first started, it was definitely a lot more, uh, controversial in the sense that people were reaching out, like, you know, upset about ratings and everything else. Now within the past, like two years, I, I really haven't heard from any coaches, um, I think there's a couple of things that have happened. I think, um, the industry of sports has come out more to kind of speak out about certain situations that typically were very hush hush. And I think also with, uh, just the general, uh, ratings platforms that we deal with on a daily basis down to rating your Uber driver, uh, people are more comfortable with those and realize that, there's not much that you can really do about them as far as people just sharing their story. And from my perspective, my biggest thing is, you know, athletes get rated on, uh, how good their skill is and everything else like that. Coaches are talking, but there's no real way for the athletes to kind of learn more about coaches. And we wanted to empower students to be able to share their stories and not feel like they were going to get repercussions of no playing time or anything else. And, and really, be honest about what they're experiencing and not feel like there's going to be any sort of, um, flashback from anybody, uh, if they do share their story, because the college athletes are passionate about helping the next generation because they want to see the next generation succeed into college athletics. Um, but as far as coaches, I, like I said, in the beginning, it was a little bit more controversial, a little bit more tough conversations with some coaches, but now I haven't really heard anything. I know some coaches that use it, you know, as a reference to say, Hey, to recruits, check out my ratings and whatever else, but any coaches that have bad ratings, we also always offer them the opportunity to get on an interview with us and share, you know, maybe if there's a reason that they're super strict. And like, I say this all the time, I don't think it's a good coach, bad coach thing. A lot of times I think it's a mismatch. So like there could be a kid out there who hates being yelled at, but the coach just, that's their coaching style. And that's going to, that's just not going to mesh. Um, and in that recruiting process, it's such a short period of time. You don't really have that much time to figure that out about each other. So it's really difficult. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily like, Oh, this coach is, you know, good or bad. Sometimes that is a case, but a lot of times it's just a mismatch of personalities. And for the most part, like our average ratings are 3.5, 3.5 out of five stars. So it's on the higher end. Yeah. I can speak to that from personal experience and actually have created a 40 question document for athletes and their parents. And because that was exactly my experience was I didn't ask good questions because I didn't know what I want, I wanted. And so when I didn't get what I wanted, it's not really surprising because I never asked the right questions. So right. I say to athletes, you're interviewing them 
as much as they're interviewing you, where you feel like obviously you're so dear in the headlights, like, oh, wow, they're talking to me, which is true. There's also that it's on you. Any good partnership, any good relationship is is a two-way street. And so finding the right fit, that's not just sports, not just the coach, not just the team, but the school, the location, the, you know, all of that is such an important vetting process to go through and not just be enamored with the, oh, but it's so-and-so recruiting me, right? Yeah. And people forget that. Yeah. That's so, it's like... It's a, a thought that was never thought about, especially back, well, at least when I played sports, you were just so happy. They said, yes. And they didn't even have scholarships back then. Right. But you had no idea. And it's so true. And it's so true about the skills like players get, you know, they have their skills and they get graded. Like, why not the coaches? And if someone wants to go to Bobby, Bobby Knight school of thought, go for it. Because some kids, kids like, yeah, bring it on. And they're like, yeah, no, thank you. I don't need a chair being thrown at me today. So, yeah, it's just, you know, that's just really good information. And I love the fact that it sounds like it's, you, you don't tell them where to go. You just say, here's your information. Use it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we, we definitely hone in on like a holistic recruiting approach, which I know we focus on sports, but at the same time, we're there to say like, hey, you shouldn't just be deciding because of a coach. You shouldn't just be deciding because of a sport. Um, and you should also also be reaching out and just looking into the greater school because, again, like I said, it's a huge financial decision. It's a big-time commitment. And then you're also – it's not just four years. It really is forever that you're associated with this college. So we want to make sure people do the research. And, and sometimes people get wrapped up in – uh, you know, um, get, again, to your point, I'm getting recruited by the school, but like, if you're a goalie and they already have four goalies on their team, probably unrealistic to have that many, but you know what I mean? Um, you don't, maybe that's not the right school for you. Maybe that's not the right fit at that time. And, you know, there's plenty of other options as far as people going to junior college or playing at NAIA and then transferring in, like there's so many different options, but people kind of have a tendency to think that it needs to be in this, like, very specific process in this very specific timeline. Um, I think with COVID, you see more people taking gap years and kind of taking alternative routes, which I'm happy to see. Um, but for some reason, there's very much this, I have to stick to this path and I can't really veer from it. And I'm not sure if it's an ego thing. I'm not sure if it's a, a lack of knowledge. I don't really know what the whole thing is, but we do see that a lot. So we're trying to say, hey, listen, if this is a school that you want to play at and they're not ready to recruit you, that means that you're not going to be playing a sport at that school. <laughs> like you're just not. And you know, you, you either say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go to another school or you do what you need to do and, and talk to that coach and say, Hey, I'm willing to go to junior college for two years. Or I'm willing to take a year off to train or do whatever. Um, and see if that coach is still even interested at, at, at that point of the conversation. Yeah, I'm seeing, hearing that more and more where at least if you go in with your eyes wide open about, okay, you're fourth on the depth chart. I don't care. I want to go to that school. So it doesn't matter. But other kids might say, look, I want to play. I, if I'm going to do that, then, okay, maybe the school is a tier, a tier down perceptively. But if you get to go and be a big fish in a small pond, smaller pond, is, is that what you're hoping for is to actually get the experience and be the leader and blah, blah, blah. Or is it, no, I just want to go to the big program and I don't care if I ride pine. You know, th that's just great information to have and to go in with that mindset. Maybe you'll earn the spot, but being you know, advise that it's, you know, by the coach saying, look, I've got four goalies in front of you. 
okay, good to know, right? Yeah, and a lot of people forget, like, only 7% of high school athletes play in college, right? So that means everybody that you're competing against and going in on a roster with is presumably the best in the state, the best at their school, the best at this. So there, there are a lot of like competitive personalities or a lot of egos. And it's like, well, my kid or I am the best at this institution or the best in this state, just because you're the best football player in Vermont, doesn't mean that you're going to go down to Georgia and be able to compete with those guys, because most likely no offense to Vermont, you're probably not going to be able to, they have the advantage of playing all year and a lot of other things. Um, so I think like people forget that. And just because you're the best in your region, you're now competing against the whole country, but also the world, because a lot of people from other countries want to come to the U S to play sports in college. So that's also another thing that gets lost in translation of what is my competition really like? What am I really looking at? If I'm watching game film, if I'm a team sports player, can I really see myself guarding this person or playing against this person, or if I'm a individual sports person, what are the stats? Like, can I run as fast as this person? And sometimes the simple answer is just no. And you could either work to train your butt off to get to that level, or you could just say, Hey, you know what? I feel more comfortable like fitting myself in. Maybe it's at a D one school, but maybe they're a school that's losing every single game or match or whatever it is. And that's completely fine. Um, there's no knock on that. Being a college athlete is being a college athlete, but you, people just have to take a step back and really, really think, what do I want for my experience? What do I want for my kids experience? What is this going to look like? Do I care if they intern or have jobs or study abroad or whatever it is that, you know, they might want to do, or does it, do we want them to go to the Olympics or, you know, is this something that my child wants and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's definitely hard to take a step back and really think about all this stuff. And from the kid's perspective, it's hard. They're 18, sometimes, you know, as young as 14 to 18 years old, getting recruited. How are you supposed to answer those questions? When I was in college, I didn't even know answers to half of them. <laughs> so how are you supposed to try and think about that as a high schooler? It's, it's, it's not an easy process. I imagine a lot of kids don't even think about thinking about even, even knowing to think and ask those questions. Like they don't even know what they don't know. Right. Right. Like you're talking like, I had no idea so even that wasn't in my mindset. So correct. And like alumni network and networking and stuff. Like I was not thinking about networking as a 16 year old recruit on my recruiting trip. I was like, Oh, this is a cool town. And these are oh, good food at the cafeteria (laughs) and stuff like that. I was not thinking about like, Oh, what's the network? Like, I wonder who the most famous alumni is from here. So. We'll talk about COVID. You mentioned a little bit about COVID and um, now with the NC2A eliminating the sit-out period, right? So I have one that's in college and I have one that's a junior in high school. So you're seeing the knock, knock-on effect of, you know, if the seniors got to stay so they don't have as many scholarships and then what's going to happen next year? So the class of 21 is kind of hosed. You know, what are what are you hearing and seeing from you know, that decision, is that a permanent decision by the NC2A? Do we know if, the, if they're changing that permanently that you don't have to sit out when you transfer? Or what do you know from that? Side? I, I don't think that they've ruled if it's like a permanent thing or not. Um, I, I know that they've just also transfer or not, they're extending everybody's eligibility to um, by a year. That's going to have a massive impact on just sheer number of spots. So I, I, would, I would imagine that you have 7% now going to play from high school to college, I would imagine that number is going to go down to maybe like 
five or six percent. I don't know the exact percentages. I'm kind of just making those up, but to, to paint a picture, I think it's going to be a lot less spots. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen people who I know that are, you know, Gatorade player of the year and, you know, whatever max preps this and all these awards that typically would be getting recruited, uh, to higher tier D one schools. And that's not necessarily happening, uh, because all these coaches have the ability to get their players back. Now, I don't necessarily think that it's going to change that much at the D2 or D3 level. Um, I think D2, D2 and D3 are going to operate as usual. And I, I'm not sure since you're working on athletic partial or no scholarship, there might be people who are saying, I don't want to pay or my athletic or my uh, academic scholarship isn't extending. Um, so I'm not going to you know, pay full tuition for the next year. But I think as far as D1 is concerned, there's going to be a huge... Uh, just cut on, on those sports. And then you've also see like Stanford cut 11 sports, uh, you know, Brown cut sports, like a lot of schools, big and small have been cutting sports. So you see that happening, which is going to make roster spots go down and you see schools even closing down because of financial troubles or emerging with other schools. So I think there's a lot of things that are happening right now. Um, we've done a couple articles. We spoke to about 10 college coaches to ask them, what disparities they've been seeing in the recruiting process. I live in Florida or still playing sports, but you know, I know that, uh, Susie, you live in California. Not everybody's been playing, uh, high school sports there. So the recruiting process to figure out what is this looking like? Are people in Florida at more of a, an advantage over people in California because of the sheer ability to play? Um, what has been going on? Like, you know, how are people communicating with them? And it's all highlight tapes, zoom, um, you know, FaceTime, FaceTiming with the players, with the coaches. And, you know, I mean, I've heard of, you know, coaches FaceTiming like the campus and everything like that. So people are trying to get as creative as possible with dead period and everything. But I think COVID is having a massive impact on recruiting process and it's just going to make it that much more competitive and that much more difficult to contact coaches. I can't stress this enough. There's going to be way less coaches reaching out to people than, than people need to be reaching out to the coaches first because they have thousands of emails in their inbox right now of kids wanting to play. So they don't necessarily have to go out like they had to before. So I can't stress enough. I've had so many people come to me and say, well, I'm a senior. I haven't been getting recruited. You have to reach out to college coaches. Even if you feel like it bruises your ego, if you want to play a college sport, it's what you absolutely have to do. So to, so how does that, like, what can they do to stand out these high school kids? Cause it sounds like with this whole portal stuff, like there's just going to be a lot of people in this mix and you got these high school kids like, wait, like it's my turn. Right. So what do they do to stand out besides is I know contact the coach, but what is there that right. could they add things to that? Yeah. I think like social media is really big right now. I think social media, if you can get something to go viral, which is difficult to do stuff like that will draw attention. Having your cop, your high school coach or club coach reaching out to these um, college coaches, if they will reach out on your behalf, that'll make a huge difference. Uh, making sure that you're getting in the media as much as possible. So any local newspapers or anything else like that will all make a huge difference. And then I think just from the other side of things, which, which I talked about in the beginning is thinking about alternative paths. So going to a coach and saying, Hey, I really want to play at your school. I think I'm a good match. 
I know that, you know, if, if the coach is saying, Hey, you know what, I don't want to take you in this recruiting class. Would they be willing to take you in two years? Have you go to a two year institution and then transfer in? What about a gap year? Um, prep school. I know a lot of kids looking to go to prep school right now. So I don't know how familiar different audiences are with prep school. It's very big in new England. Um, and it's basically just a, a postgraduate year. So a fifth year of high school, um, that people will use to play sports, get better grades and everything else. So all opportunities like that, I would say are definitely important. Um, don't have parents reach out on behalf of the kids though. Definitely keep it to coaches. Uh, Wait, we don't, say that, say we, that again for all the parents. Parents, please do not as much as you want to reach out or do whatever. <laughs> there will come a natural time when a coach reaches out and says, Hey, I'm ready to have you ask questions or let's talk financials or something. But do not just email on your behalf. Make sure your kid has their own email. It's free to get an email. Don't have them emailing from your email. There's so many red flags that we talk about on the site about this stuff. Um, parents I mean, out there, parents, that's a coach's worst nightmare is having you try to contact them. Trust me. They're not I, recruiting you. I have, I have a son who's, yeah. they don't want to hear from you. No. I, have two, I have two sons that coaches. They don't want to hear from the parents. No, no, they don't. And it's a, it's a big red flag a lot of the times because they're not recruiting you. And they want to make sure that the kids can have a conversation and fit in with their team and everything else. It's not just about recruiting for sports or just for the you know technicals <laughs> of the sport. So please, <laughs> I can't stress. You know, I say it as much as I want, but sometimes people just don't listen. <laughs> but if you don't believe me, you can read all the advice from college coaches. They even talk about one, one coach we interviewed said, they stopped recruiting a player because they were at a like AAU game or I forget what sport it was, but it was a, some game and a parent punched a ref in the face or another parent in the face or something. And they were recruiting that kid. And then they stopped after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens. It happens. Yeah. I haven't had one coach to talk to who said, you know, he watches, and I know this isn't happening as much now, but recruiting trips, but the any interaction, they're watching how the parent and the child interact. Because if, if you know, he said that there's one girl that she was just glued to her mom the whole time. She couldn't make up her mind for what she was going to have for lunch unless her, you know, she got approval from her mom. And he's like, to me, that's a red flag that she's probably not ready to go away from home yet. And what's going to happen every time I give her feedback, she's, you know, going to be bringing mom into the picture to ask her what she, you know, what she thinks. And so the maturity level too, that's, that needs to be in place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for parents to know it doesn't mean there's something wrong with your child if they're not going to make that call or want to be glued next to you. They're just not ready. Yeah. So if they really want to do the sport, go to a junior college. It's a, such great program, especially California JCs. They're like private colleges around here. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, and let them mature a little bit. And I always say, because there's so many stories about the greatest athletes in the world who rarely played sports or play, like Michael Jordan playing JV as a sophomore in high school, right? Like, but, you know, they, they don't give up. If, if your kids truly got it, you won't have to be, make those calls. Right, right. So, and people overemphasize the early specialization, unfortunately. And it's like your kid's like seven getting recruited. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and also that coach is definitely not going to be the coach when by the time they're in college. Uh, so, you know, it, it's you're right about that. And 
just because your kid, you know, isn't getting recruited till senior year, there's nothing wrong with that. They're still taking people in the senior year. And it might not be the, you know, Alabama's and the Clemson's of the world, unless if you have some insane growth spur or crazy stats that you're putting up senior year, but there's still over 2000 colleges in this country. There's a lot of places that you could play. It's just a matter of what you want again from your experience and is it really so name driven or an ego driven, or do you just want to play a college sport and have that experience? Uh, Cause in my opinion, it's one of the greatest experiences that you can have, especially as a college student. And I played D three athletics and I had a fantastic time. Um, I know I mentioned to you guys, I'm going to teach one of the classes right after this. Like, you know, I'm super close with my college. I, invited a couple of my professors to my wedding. Like I had a great experience that fit my personality and what I wanted out of college. That's wonderful. I love, we love hearing that because we think it really is important. I think the we've been marketed to around schools around, Oh, it's about X brand. And it's not, it's about what the experience is that you want to have. Um, this has been amazing, Kirsten. And I think there's so much good information for parents to hear as you are, you know, wherever you are in the recruiting process. You know, one question we like to always end with is, you know, the best athletes I know do this. What, how would you frame that up? What would you, what comes to mind for you when you hear this? I think the best athletes that I know are, are self-motivated. So I, I think it's one of those things where even if it comes to recruiting process, it's, you don't want your parent to always be pushing you or waking up every morning saying, did you send your emails? Did you do this? Did you do that? The kids that are most successful in high school and in college, in my opinion, are the ones that are really kind of waking up, motivated to do it themselves on top of it. And of course, have help from your parents. I'm not saying that you should have all the answers or have them help you set up an Excel worksheet or whatever, but just the day-to-day like check-ins, it kind of should be on you to really make sure that you're successful at either recruiting process or just your sport. Um, You don't want to be in a situation where your parents telling you to practice every day because it's not good for anybody. It's not fun for you. It's not fun for the parents. Just, it's not fun. So, yeah. I think if you're having to tell your your parents out there, if you're having to say that and tell your kids, remind them to work out, they're just not cut out for this program in general. And that's okay. And that's okay. So let's focus, let's get them to play ball somewhere, but maybe not someplace for, you know, because that isn't part of what it takes to make it up a level or two notches. Right. And, you know, for you parents out there, you know, for you, your kids that are auditory learners, you can have conversations like this, but if you guys have kids that are visual and kinesthetic, you're going to teach them how, like you're talking about, you know, making sure you do your emails in the morning. Well, your parents out there, like, Help them make a list of what they do every day and write it down and then have them be in charge of it. Because for us that aren't auditory, we'd say, yeah, I'll do that in the morning. And then in the morning I'd wake up and totally forget I was supposed to do anything. Right. But if I had a list in front of me, so there are ways that you can support your student athlete to take on the responsibility of what they want in their life. But, you know, you also want to click in on their learning styles and then support them that way. Fabulous. So can you tell us where, tell the parents where they can find you? Where is locker room talk sports? Where where, where are all the, your handles? Yeah, everything's at LRT sports. Um, so everything on social and then our website is 
lrtsports.com or lrt-sports.com. Either one, it goes to the same place. Uh, if you need to contact me directly, you could just go to the website and then scroll to the bottom here, contact us. Email goes to me. Um, so I can answer any questions. Um, you know, 99% of what we offer on the site is free. We want people to have access to this. Um, we want people to be able to just have this information available to them. So, um, that was one of the things when I started this, that I was very passionate about, um, you know, making sure that people have the ability to have this at all different levels, um, all different, uh, walks of life. So make sure that you check it out. Um, and if, like I said, if you have any questions, you could just go to the site or any of the social media and message us. Hi. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been a wonderful session. We learned so much. Um, parents, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share this, rate it, uh, you know, leave us comments, leave questions, let us know how we can help you and what topics, you know, are pressing for you right now as we're getting back into COVID, uh, out of COVID. There's a lot of things that are going on and a lot of things are shifting as Kirsten mentioned, but we'd like to, our goal is to support not only raising strong athletes, but extraordinary people and whatever we can do to help, you know, help parents and help their athletes do this we're, we're all in right so let's do this let's do this absolutely thank you so much i learned so much today i love learning new things so i'm glad you. to hear that yeah anytime it was great thanks for having me